Social Media Serenity, podcast episode number five. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Social Media Serenity. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm Eric Fisher. This week, we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, a little bit more about poaching on Twitter Facebook and Twitter competing for real-time search, email forwards, urban legends, and so much more. Eric, how have you been, man? I am good. Um, I'm, I'm back from a two-week jaunt out of my office for vacation, and now I'm back. And I, I'm not totally rested, but it was a worthwhile trip, so... Excellent. Now, did you have some, some excellent time of unplugging from the social net- networking world? I did. And actually, the news that I think some people already know is I just a few days ago got an iPhone. And so I'm already practicing, all right, turning the phone completely off. Nobody call me, nobody text me, nobody Facebook me, nobody anything. I'm I'm with my family or I'm by myself or whatever. That is awesome. That, you know, I think it's going to work out. That's great. Now, um, you, you're using your iPhone. Are you, tell me, what have you? How have you been using it to interact at all with social networking? Have Have you had experience with that yet? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I have to say, hands down, my favorite Twitter application is TweetDeck for the iPhone and the desktop application. Well, one and question. So I'm using both of those. One question for you: Have you tried Tweety yet? Well, it, I would, but they don't have a free version. Okay, I'll tell you what. You buy it if you do not absolutely, 100%, desperately love it more than TweetDeck, I personally will, will refund the money. All right, I will I, have that, to try that. I, I, don't, I don't make this, this is not out there for all of our listeners, but I have made, I have made that statement for no less than 15 people. All 15 people said, Thank you, Cliff Ravenscraft, for making me buy this. And it is called Tweety, T-W-E-E-T-I-E. And I think it's like $2.99 or, or, or is it, it, is it seven? I think that's right. I think it's like two ninety nine. Yeah, it, 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 gosh, I, like I said, if you don't, if you Which, don't, if it's you not don't, nothing, but it's not. Well, let's put tons. it this way: if you don't absolutely love it, and I, and I'm in, and what I mean, if all of a sudden you find yourself saying. I'm still using the other applications way more often than Tweety. Uh, it, whatever the case, you can, you, or you can just say, you know what? I looked at it for 30 seconds and I deleted it and I'll, I'll send you three bucks. All right. Or I'll tell you what, double money back. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give you $6 if you find that you don't like it. Now I can't go wrong. There you go. <laughs> I believe they have Tweety for the Mac too. So I think I'll try that real quick and, and then, I, yeah, I'll do, do it. No, do me a favor. Try it on the iPhone first. Okay. Well, it, but if you want to wait till you actually, you actually pay for it, um, you know, if you want the free stuff first, definitely do it. But know that they're completely different. Okay. They're completely different. Good to know. So, so the the I, I like matter of fact, if they were to actually completely one hundred percent put the Tweety for the iPhone application in a window that mimicked exactly the iPhone application, I would love it so much more than Tweety for the Mac. Which, by the way, okay. I have and I don't hardly ever use. Okay. Anyway. And but I have to say, traveling with an iPhone, I think that's what kind of pushed it over the edge. My, my phone broke 
before we left for my trip to New York and I was already on AT&T. I was able to upgrade for a little bit more than the, you know, 99 and whatever, but I just said, I can't take not being able to connect at certain times, which is funny because I'm trying to, I'm all about unplugging, Yeah, but, uh, but it, it strikes and it's it, when you have the thing in your hand, then at least you can say, okay, now I abstain with a purpose. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, traveling with an iPhone was great. I was able to update my family and say, yes, we reached, we finished that flight. We're getting on the next one and, oh, and now we're home all without having to, you know, call them every single time when you couldn't because you couldn't use cell phone stuff yet. So very cool. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. And I'm, and I'm also glad to hear that, that it's not eating up your life. It's, Cause I, and you know what? More power to you because anytime I get a new toy, I'm like totally enamored with it and I can't put it down for at least two weeks. Well, that was part of the deal to my wife was I'm going to get this but you will not see me holding it every single moment of my life. And so I think I've kind of proved that to her so far. We'll see. <laughs> Let's hope that it stays that way. Yes. Alrighty. Um, also, another thing that I wanted to share is a little update here. Starting yesterday, I signed up for an account using hellotxt.com, H-E-L-L-O-T-X-T.com. Uh, and for those of you who are following along, uh, I may have mentioned in the past that I had been using ping.fm, P-I-N-G.fm to kind of blast out my status updates to all the different social networks. And I've just, you know, I, I you know, ping was working great for a long time, but then all of a sudden I started to, started to get some massively slow load times on just their homepage. Uh, and, and then what I found is that probably about 40% of the time, the tweets, uh, the at updates went to everything but Twitter. Now, some of that could have been Twitter's fault, but I happen to believe that maybe sometimes it wasn't always. I don't know, but I, not for sure. But even the, just the slow load time of the main page uh, for me to be able to enter my text was kind of bothering me. And uh, so I decided to give Hello Text a try. H-E-L-L-O text T or T-X-T dot com. And I want to tell you, the, the, the look of the Hello Text is great. I love it already. Um, it does very clean. It's very clean, very, very nice design. Um, I, I found that, you know, when you're putting in a URL, uh, in, in the, um, in the update area and you don't want it to automatically shorten it, which by the way, drives me crazy. If I've got 140 characters and I put a, a 17 digit long URL in there I, and it fits, well, by golly, that's what I want. And oh yeah, I don't want you to to shorten it. And be, by the way, I'm not a huge fan of shortening uh, URLs these days. And I'll talk to you about that in a second. But anyway, if you want to keep your longer things, both in ping.fm and in hellotxt, uh, you just put a, an asterisk in front of the H for HTTP, and then it'll keep it'll keep your longer notes. But I, I've been using it. I, I definitely don't have it signed up for as many services as I did with Ping. But I, I let me just tell you really quick, the ones that I definitely make sure that I'm updating. Uh, Twitter, number one. Facebook, number two. Uh, I still have a lot of friends on Plurk. I don't hardly ever sign into Plurk, but I know those people do get my updates in Plurk because there's still a very vibrant and active community in this place called Plurk.com. Okay. LinkedIn, I'm actually, you know, I never would have thought that LinkedIn would be a place where, you know, my status updates would be something that people would notice. But I'm talking to a lot of people that I know on a very high business 
level. For example, I'm good friends with the CEO of a couple startup companies. And, you know, I was talking to one of them on the phone the other day. And he's like, yeah, I've been following you along. I, I, I get all your LinkedIn updates. And so I, it's like, I, I have not, in times when I wasn't using ping.fm and it wasn't working, I was just sending updates to Twitter and to Facebook. I never even thought about sending it to LinkedIn until all of a sudden he told me that. And it's like, oh, well, I'm going to make sure that if, you know, if I pay something, I, I want to put it in LinkedIn because it's reaching people. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think the reason I haven't done like a mass send everything to everything I am a part of is because I don't know who I want to make sure doesn't see or sees or so just the issue of transparency, um, something for us to talk about in the future. Sure. And and by the way, there's two more. Bright Kite has a huge community. And then all of a sudden I noticed that Ning has, I, I didn't even know Ning had the ability to do status updates, but I saw Ning, and so I signed up for it in Hello TXT. I'm not signed up for it in in Ping.fm, but uh, t- so two things real quick. You you mentioned one thing, and I mentioned one thing. Uh, I can't remember what mine was though. Um, shortening URLs. Shortening. Oh yeah, I don't like those as much as I as I used to. Uh, shortening because you know today there are well I follow some people that I don't really know all that well yet, um, and and I am very picky about who I follow on Twitter, uh, but. Uh, you know, there are several people who, who, who make the list. And, and when I say that, it's, oh gosh, I sound like a snob now. And and that's not, that is not it at all. You're a social media elitist. Yes. Uh, What I mean by make the list is that I have some certain things, guidelines that I say, you know, this is who I'll follow. One of them is that if I know you personally and I've met you face to face, I'll definitely add you in a heartbeat. You know, there's, there's some kind of pre-existing relationship. Number two, if you and I have conversed um, directly between each other, either using uh, direct, well, not direct, but in person, face-to-face, in a chat room, uh, you know, in our forum, or we've been exchanging at replies back and forth, um, then I will certainly add you. And also, if you are retweeting a lot of the stuff that I am actually saying, uh, that means that number one, you follow me and I'm not quite yet following you, but yet you find what I'm saying valuable enough to share with all the people you're following. Well, then that says to me that, well, you're on a level where it's like you at least are you're you're bringing benefit to what I'm sharing. And I definitely want to, you know, build a relationship with you and get to know you better. And I just don't blindly follow everybody that follows me because there's a lot of spammers out there. Yeah. So that's what I mean by that, making the list. But even still, there are some people that I, I, I follow and I don't have a really a relationship with yet. And I see this, you know, HTTP, you know, colon slash slash B-I-T dot L-Y slash and then a couple characters. There have been way and maybe this is just something to just say, you know, if you're going to link to something, really try to give a description as, or at least in context of your tweet Make sure that it it kind of gives you a hint as to what am I going to get when I click this? Because today, spammers are using these URL shortening services a lot. Definitely. You know, and, and, so, and, and so now I'm at the point now where I see bit.ly and I'm actually skeptical. I'm like, ooh, I don't know if I want to push that right now, even if it's coming from somebody I know because, well, we've already talked about this in the past. It's it's very easy, Eric, for you and I to sign up for a third-party service that just asked us randomly for our username and password, and uh, you know, we give it to them, and then all of a sudden what happens is um, 
you know, we're, we're, we're out there putting our username and password. What happens if they become uh, corrupt themselves? They sell their, their access to other people. Or what if they get hacked? And then all of a sudden, some spammer goes in and use short URLs, making something sound like something you would really say, Eric. And I click it, and next thing I know, I'm on some really awful site somewhere. Yeah, and I don't want any service out there going and rickrolling all my friends. Exactly. So, so, so those those are just some thoughts there. And then you said you had some additional thoughts, or an let's additional see, thought? what was it? Um, well, I think I think just in general, something to think about is, and I think some some. It's funny. I heard uh, I was talking with a friend, and they said, "Yeah, I." Uh, they were about to announce that they were they are expecting. And I said, oh, that's great. So you're going to send it out on social media as your announcement? And, and, and if you know the couple, it makes sense. But um, they said that they had just heard from somebody else that a youth group had done a message about being careful about what you put out there on social media. And I think what they said was along the lines of it's, it's fast, it's global, and it's forever. Yeah. And and I was just like, no, it's true. Because even if you put something out there and then you want to take it back, it's cached somewhere. Yep. Somebody can see it or somebody saw it and then retweeted it or so on and so on. And it's just just being careful about and thinking about what you're going to say before you say it and then put it out there with a purpose. And I don't know, just for me, I, I try to be careful about, you know, anonymity um, and, and what I say. I don't want to tick anybody off, but at the same time, I want to be able to be myself as well, you know? Right, absolutely. One of the fine line. Let me tell you, one of the things that I do really enjoy about Hello Text is that, you know, I, I told you I just signed up for the, let's see, I'm looking six different, you know, places where I have it send all my stuff out to. And it would appear that I can actually go in and there, there's a little check mark next to each of them, which is, by, you know, set up by default. But if I go ahead and enter my status, I can uncheck all but Facebook and click update status. Which the question is, why don't I just go to Facebook? But it, I guess it comes more, what if I, I want to send a message and I only want it to go to Plurk, Facebook, and Twitter, but I definitely don't want something like this to go to LinkedIn. Right. You know, and so there... That's, there, that's exactly my thought. Because LinkedIn is more professional, so... Right. Telling them I'm eating yogurt and rode my bike to work is kind of... Well, random. you know, I, you know what? I, I send those things to LinkedIn and I have no, you know, and... and, and People are saying, you know, hey, I'm, I, right. I've, been, I've been following you. And it's like how how inspiring is it is to see this. And, of course, for me, it, I'm a little bit of a different story. You know, my personal life and my professional life are That's very part much. part of your brand. Exactly. It's pretty much, you know, it, it's an all-in-one package kind of deal. So. Yeah. But, yeah, for somebody like yourself and, and many other people, there are, are definitely. And, and what I do, what I, I maybe ping.fm has the ability to set up these groups. Uh, but, uh, you know, you can actually set up Hello TXT. Uh, the one thing I liked about ping.fm, like I said, there, there's integra- there is integration with Tweety uh, for ping.fm. And so, therefore, I guess I'll always be using ping.fm whenever I send out a tweet using my Tweety program. But when it comes to doing uh, blasting out status updates to all the networks, uh, at least for the foreseeable future, I'll be using HelloTXT. And uh, I just want to say it loads quickly, and it does. It looks very stunning. Alrighty, so what else we got on our list here for us to discuss? Let's see. We got some. We got a bunch of feedback. I know that. Okay. 
let's let's read a feedback that I got from a recent uh, Plus member, somebody who just signed up within the last ten days. Uh, they wrote, "Cliff, just wanted to let you know." And by the way, I this I, I when you hear this, you'll understand why I actually removed the name of this person, and uh, I got approval to share this. Anyway, just want to let you know that uh, let's see here, let you know that Plus membership is already working out for me. Podcast episode number three of Social Media Serenity helped me to understand Twitter better. I've been trying to explain Twitter to my boss, and he just wasn't getting it. I have given him a copy of that podcast so that he might understand it better and how it might apply to our job. I'll, and let's, she says, I work for the blank, and I blank this out, uh, and, and I'll just say that it's a police department. Uh, I work for the blank and I am assigned with counter terrorism and the office of emergency management. While neither of us is in a role where we are making decisions regarding the use of Twitter by the blank organization, we are both in a position where we should understand how it might be used. Thank you. And then she signed her name. So, wow. Very cool. So here, here we are, and, and 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 I'll just say that it's a rather large police department, <laughs> is all okay. I'll say. And and just to know that you know to to help that we have people who maybe aren't making the decisions about how to use Twitter, but are informing people who do make those decisions what Twitter is and how it might be used. And to know that we're helping people with that, how cool is that? That's great. I mean, this is awesome. We, we, here we go. Here's our here is here's a promotional thing for our podcast. Social media serenity, helping uh, you know, helping counter terrorism since 2009. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's maybe a little much. So tell us about Facebook uh, and Twitter. What's going on there? All right. Well, it seems that. I don't know that it's necessarily true or not, but people keep, I see headlines over and over that say Facebook versus Twitter, Twitter versus Facebook. Well, I don't really care about the fight so much as that they come compete and get both get better. Um, competition is good. But anyway, Facebook goes after Twitter with a revamped search service. Um, now I have not seen this roll out on my Facebook yet, but it says that after two months of testing, Facebook is starting to roll out the uh, real-time search on that social network to make it a uh, competitor with that. Um, you'll be able to look and search and find status updates, photos, links, videos. Um, it used to be that you could only find entries for you know profiles and groups and things like that, but you can actually now – I mean you can still type in a person's name and find that person – but now you'll be able to type in a subject and see what all your friends are saying about, upon that certain subject, much like we talked about last time with the uh, added, adding in the real-time Twitter uh, search to Google and stuff like that, So, right. um, which I think is, is one of the top features as far as Twitter goes, search.twitter.com. Um, but yeah, it looks like it's going to start pulling that, and there will also be instances where people who have not marked their privacy settings to keep you from seeing what they're saying on those certain subjects, you will get their uh, feedback or uh, th their stuff will pop up in that search query results as well. Is that going to happen by default? And is I this, is this think a, so. That, that I don't like because up to this point, Facebook has been very much touted, um, whether they've actually touted it themselves 
but it has been very much a walled garden. And, uh, you know, of course, now you can search for if you search for Cliff Ravenscraft, there's a very high chance that you'll get a Google result for, you know, Facebook dot com slash Cliff Ravenscraft. And if you click on that, it's going to bring up my profile. But I I think by default, when they said, you know, hey, we're coming out with this, we're going to make we're going to make Facebook searchable. People can find your profile easily in a Google search. But don't worry, by default, we're just going to show them a splash screen that says, hey, this, right. you know, Cliff uses Facebook. You should, too. Click here and ask to become a friend so that, he, you know, he, his and it actually says something like his settings are set to private or something yeah, like that. And you could you could pick which things you wanted to show up on your personalized splash screen and all that. This is um, correct. From what I'm seeing here, it says on Facebook's new search service, users will see results called from both the posts of their friends and also from others on the site who have chosen to make their updates public. So for now, I don't see an option about opting out. Wait, wait, read that phrase one more time for me, because I think it says that it's going to be by default. Because it's say say the phrase. You'll be able to see posts of their friends and also from others on the site who have chosen to make their updates public. So th- there you go. So they are using the wording, and, and then there, I think there's no calls for alarm here. It says people who have chosen to make them public, which means by, by that, it's a, it, I would assume, and the wise thing for Facebook to do if they, they allow people to search things, uh, they, it, that it's an opt-in to be public, not, yeah. not well, by default. Well, the language they use here doesn't state whether it's no, it their, their profile. Oh, it doesn't say profile. It says updates. It says their updates, and it does say those who choose to be public. True. So, so I, I, it, I'm assuming yeah. that it's the default is that it's private and it will not show up in the live results. I hope it's that way, but I still don't know that from what I'm reading on this that it says that per se because they may be just saying others on the site who've chosen to make their updates public that doesn't that doesn't say in integration with this new search you know what i mean right it could just be that their profile like is is public now yeah well and if that's the if they're public if their profile is public now then i would say then definitely go ahead i mean you don't have to opt in for search also if you're public you're public yeah because your updates are going to be available publicly anyway then i say go for it but if, if but for folks who are already private and they don't share their their profile information on a Facebook search uh, without right. you being approved as a friend, um, like that's what I do, right? Uh, but what I'm saying is that for those people, I, it doesn't se- seem to me that you're in any danger of that changing with with search. So if you're already private, uh, I I believe from what I'm reading there or from what I'm hearing you say there. Uh, the way they're wording it is that if they've chosen to be public, then you'll then it will show the results. Yeah, I, I think I think we're on the same page. Yeah. All right. Very cool. And now a couple things. And for those who are listening to this podcast, we'll remind you that we are recording this live uh, in front of an Internet audience. You can join us uh, any Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Of course, we're recording live all day from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. here at gspn.tv slash live. And we encourage you to stop in anytime during the day on Thursdays. But anyway, during the live uh, show, we have a chat room running at all times. In fact, there are 36 people currently watching this video stream, 24 people in the chat room. And one of those people is Vicky, who says Facebook needs to improve their own search first. 
uh, before they go entering more search trying to compete here. Uh, and I will agree that this, this you know, Facebook has had a search in there for being able to search for friends, being able to search for applications, being able to search for fan pages. And I'll be honest with you, there are times when I want to search for something and I want to be able to say, okay, I want to search just for fan pages. I want to be able to search for friends, but ignore any friends that I, you know, there's, it, it is really bad search as it is. Yeah, I, I, it's not that great. And that's, that's kind of why I'm excited about the changes they're making. So, hmm. Uh, Richard's in the chat room. Now, remember, Twitter was all down all day uh, last week. Do you remember that? Right. Yeah. The, uh, oh, what was it called? The denial of usage or whatever it was. Yeah. Richard just now posted in the chat room. He says the NPR tech podcast this weekend. Uh, uh, let's see. He said that last Thursday's denial service attack on Facebook and Twitter was directed at one user, a uh, Georgian man who goes by the name of CYX. YMU and is being called by some bloggers the first digital refugee. (laughs) (laughs) I had not heard about that, but thank you for sharing that. And um, basically, uh, Vicky also says in the chat room, I don't get the competition between Facebook and Twitter. Each has its uh, different purpose, although some overlap. What do you think about that? I have my own thoughts, but I'll get you. I'll let you think about say that your thoughts first. Well, again, I I do think uh, I don't get the competition either. I do think they both have different purposes, but I think that each of them is trying to figure out what the other is doing. Um, I, I know that Facebook's uh, oh, what's it called? Just the you, I can't think of what the term is, but the page that you come first in on if you go straight to your. Uh, Facebook page and it, it looks like Twitter, but it's with everybody else's stuff. But uh, I don't know. I, I have to think that when it comes to this social media and the social networking sites and and all of that, everybody wants to you know be the one that everybody's going to. Um, it used to be MySpace, but MySpace for me that never happened. Um, Facebook was when I jumped in on one of them completely, and then Twitter and. I do use them separately, but I do kind of have them joined as well. So I don't know. For me, again, I think I said it earlier, competition, quote unquote competition, is good for them to keep coming up with new stuff. But uh, overall, I'm not going to quit one for the other ever, really, unless it just gets really bad. Right. Now, I, I do believe that you know, there is competition between the two. I, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to be using both uh, as, for as long as both exist, probably. But I can definitely... Now, I don't think that Twitter started out as with, in competition with Facebook, you know, knowing how it all got started and everything. I don't think that, that was the intent. Uh, they started a brand new service. Although, because they became so popular... And the rate of adoption of this thing scared the crud out of Facebook, in my opinion. This is just my commentary here. Uh, And so all of a sudden you see a lot of Twitter-like functionality popping up in Facebook. And the reason why I think they're afraid is because, well, you know what? They're, They're afraid that something's going to happen to them as as what happened to MySpace. Like there was a huge migration from people using MySpace over to Facebook. And and so now, you know, the the concern here is, you know, is is Facebook soon going to be, you know, as old, 
you know, old news as as MySpace is. Which, with that being said, please understand, I am not saying that, but that's just the overall perception over, you know, the general community that I hang around with. We, not many of us talk about our MySpace accounts. Um, you know, we're we're always talking about Twitter and Facebook. Uh, so, but I'm I am in a certain bubble, I guess you would say. Yeah, and I think age plays into it a little bit. I know that I've seen articles and reports saying teens just don't care about Twitter, but they will use Facebook. But they instead of Twitter, they'll text each other on their phones. And and from my personal experience, I've seen that. But at the same time, I'm starting to see more Twitter people out there that are very young. Yeah. So Linda in our chat room says when Google Wave comes in, Facebook will be old news. I think she might be right. It, it could happen. I will see. I believe it. I I tell you, I've never been so excited about a piece of technology that I have personally not used. (laughs) But I'm serious. We talked about it last week. Go to wait. Let's see. Go to wave.google.com. Watch the entire video and see if it doesn't excite you. Anyway, Richard says, I haven't looked at my MySpace account for years. I think Twitter is a waste of time and I rarely look at Facebook, maybe twice a month. Very cool. I mean, you know, that social media isn't for everybody. You know, there's certain people that just, you know, won't do it. And I'm not going to say that you just don't get it because I really, as far as I know, I've interacted with Richard, who is in our chat room uh, right now. And you know what? I, I, I know for a fact he gets it. He's just not interested. And that's cool. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. He, now, is he the one that goes by Remblem? Yes. I think he and I have interacted a couple times in the past week or so, and and I agree. I agree. I mean, if you don't find benefit in it, then you know, in some ways, that's that you're better off than I am because you have a life without having to be connected all the time. So yeah, good for you. Yeah. Uh, Tess, Tess from the UK says, "I'd like to see more of Richard on Twitter," and she puts a little wink in the chat room. Anyway. See, somebody wants to know what you want to say. That's right. What'd you have for breakfast anyway, Richard? <laughs> Please tell the world. No, I'm serious. All right. So Google uh, Google Reader adds uh, social sharing. Did you put this in here? I just threw that. I, I put it down lower, but I brought it up because we're kind of on topic. Google Reader, as we've talked about before, is a great RSS uh, aggregator, and it's online, offline, and all that stuff, And uh, which I really love using on my iPhone, by the way. And... Um, they just released at least this morning to where you can click on a click on something. You have to set it up in your settings of Google Reader. But once you do, underneath uh, uh, a, a thing in your RSS on Google Reader, you can hit send to, and you can hit either Facebook or Twitter or any of these other social things, and it'll send it right there. I so basically, I sent a Twitter out of Google Reader about. A thing in my Google Reader this morning. It was great. That is awesome. S- saved me about five steps of copying and pasting. And I like this article. Look here. It just sent it right out. So, no, that's really cool. It'd be yeah. cool if they give you the ability to send to Hello TXT or Hello or send to Ping.fm as well. You know what? There's places where you can add more of them in, and I bet you can figure that out. Probably. So very cool. Google reader, reader reader.google.com for those of you who are interested. All right. uh, Email forwards. Uh, This is a topic that I wanted to bring up. Uh, I just want to share with you some thoughts. Now, remember a couple weeks ago, 
we t- we were talking about email. I I mentioned email as a form of social media. All right, of social networking. And remember, Amy called in and she asked some questions. Uh, I think it was last week, and she wrote in. She found it interesting that I considered email as a form of social media, but I very much do. I mean, it it is it is it's very much digital. It's uh, the speed of light communication, and it, it is very much the ability to share information in a very quick fashion with lots of people if you choose to do so. And so I want to bring up the topic of forwarding emails along and especially the topic of CCing versus BCCing. All right. Uh, Let's see here. I have an example. So I'm going to put on here. uh, It says click the link below. It's a video of a news program discussing cars.gov and what they found on the site. Say what you want about politics. The Okay. So basically I got an email that says, hey, hey, everybody on my email list, by the way, uh, this email came to me. I I was one of the recipients along with and in this email was CC'd like say, I don't know, 15, 20 other people. So first of all, CCing I think is awful unless you're CCing pertinent people that, you know, if you want to be able to respond, you hit the reply to all feature and then it not only replies to the person who sent the message, but also the other person or people who are in the message. So that's what CCing does is it basically keeps every it gives everybody the functionality of knowing who else has received this email. And if you want everybody to stay on top of what this conversation is, which, by the way, Google Wave will get rid of this whole thing. But anyway, if you want to be able to keep everybody into the loop, you you use these CCs. I was CC when first of all, I don't like forwarded emails personally. Um, that, that's just a personal preference. Now, with I will tell you that sometimes I do get uh, forwarded emails from, uh, I'll, I'll even say, Richard, I'm calling you out. But no, seriously, I'm going to say, though, that Richard does sometimes send me forwarded content that, that is usually typical of these. But I noticed that he always sends it just to me and I'm not like CC'd in a list with a ton of other people. And I can tell that he uses discretion of what he shares with me. And it's usually something that would either make for good show topics for for certain podcasts or something like that. So he uses some really good discretion. But overall, as a principle, I don't like forwarded emails. And I despise, despise being CC'd with 15, 20, 35 other people. And the reason why is because these forwarded messages sometimes are very political and all this other stuff. And what happens is people get upset and angry. And the first thing they do is hit the reply to all. And then I'm getting the the backlash. And then all of a sudden they hit reply to all. And I'm getting the the response to the response. And I'm getting reply to all. And and it's just ridiculous. And so a couple things you can do. First of all, if you're caught in one of those flurries of uh, commentation around, you know, the latest urban legend, um, you can simply go into your program and hopefully you have an account like Google or something else and you can do a filter and just take the subject of that email and say, if it, if the subject contains this, delete it immediately. I don't even want to see it. And, um, anyway, because of that, um, Let's see here. Because of that, I just wanted to bring up this one. And, and just to give you an idea of some of the stuff that's coming in. Uh, the, so the email says, click on the link below. It's a video of a news program discussing cars.gov and what they found on the site. Say what you want about politics, the disclaimer or EULA uh, or the end user uh, agreement language, whatever. 
for entering cars.com, cars.gov is somewhat disturbing, pretty crazy. And I'm going to play for you just a little bit of this audio feedback uh, from this cars.gov. So here you go. Fox News anchor. Kim, I wanted to bring you in because the uh, cars.gov, and I recommend, America, you do not try this at home. I'm going to show it to you. (laughs) This is somebody else's computer. I took it from their office because I wouldn't do this on mine. Yeah. Um, Cars.gov. This actually came in a tip from what I call a constitutional watchdog. I'm asking my radio listeners earlier this week to watch these things because 10 million eyes on radio and God knows how many millions of eyes here on television watching things that we can't watch. This is a frightening. It really uh, is. So yeah. don't people shouldn't go on it right now while you're doing. Do this. not do don't this do at it. home. Trust me, you'll understand why. Okay, can you take a shot here of this, Oscar? Um, here is cars.gov. Let's say you go in. If right. I understand this right, I go in and I say, hey, I want to turn in my clunker. The dealer goes to cars.gov, and then they uh, they hit submit to trans submit transaction. Here it says Privacy Act and Security Statement, and you're just like, oh, it's a Privacy Act in 1974. Whatever, I agree. Now this is how bad this system is. It probably won't pull up because the system is so overwhelmed you know it wasn't a 19 million dollar website right exactly so let me it's not gonna pull up now watch well it's it's thinking it's trying really hard let me show you what it does say when you pull it up can you bring up the full screen on what it says a warning box comes up and it says this application provides access to the DOT car system when logged on to the car system your computer is considered a federal computer system and it is property of the United States government or uh, any or all uses of this system and all files on this system may be intercepted monitored recorded copied audited inspected and disclosed to authorized cars uh, authorized cars DOT law enforcement personnel as well as authorized Authorized officials of other agencies, both domestic and foreign. Good God almighty. Could it be any more broad and frightening? Here you are trying to be a good citizen and make a charitable contribution, do something that's good. And guess what? They are jumping okay. right inside. Okay, first of all, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to bring the audio down just a little bit, Eric. Because uh, yes. this goes on for a little bit more. But I do want to, I want it to continue to play because I want to, I want you to hear the end of this. But here's what happens with these email forwards. They're always, oh my gosh, warning, don't ever do this. Make sure that you lock your doors when you're filling up your gas tank. And and by the way, somebody might steal your kidney and you might need to make a phone call and stick yourself into a bathtub of ice if somebody steals your kidney. <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy. And, and they play on people's fears and, and emotions and all this stuff. And most of the time, these things turn to be urban legends or or maybe misleading you know what i'm saying oh yeah definitely do you get do you get these emails i do but i've done some of the steps along the way of either knowing who it is that sends them and just kind of blocking the person or if i see it come through and it's the it's the crack in the dam about to explode i'll do what you said and and put a uh, a filter on the subject things like that i I actually have one person, Eric, and it's a family member, and I have filtered out to where if they, if this individual that happens to be a family member sends me an email, it will immediately delete it 
and I'll never see it. This, that means this person has, in essence, lost the ability to ever communicate with me via email. And I've actually asked several times, please stop forwarding these to me. Please stop. And he sends five a day. Man. Five a day. If it's really important, they'll pick up the phone and call you. Yeah. Now here, now listen to this. I'm going to play just the end of this and just tell you how bad this is. They're smarter than us and not only have to take care of us, but they need to make sure that they take care of the things they need to take care of because it's better for the collective. No, I, look, I, I agree that, there's a, that this is all very troubling. And look, let me give you a hard example of this. Say you use Skype or some other internet phone system, right? If you're on the phone while logged in on this thing, according to this, according to the lawyer I talked to before, Kim can verify this, the government can legally listen to your phone call. Oh, you can check on. out what you what websites you've been searching. That's because correct. it says that the go that's your government wait, wait, wait. The, that's computer correct. is the government's property. Correct. It's legal. There is nothing that you can do about if it. If you log Absolutely. on to this at your right. home... Everything in your home is now theirs? Basically, and there's nothing you can Good do to challenge it. God well, not your couch, almighty. just your computer. Yeah, you may not <laughs> like the language. It may be off-putting, but it's completely legal. They're well within their recourse to do so, and it's very broad. It's like an octopus that keeps like regenerating tentacles every okay, five seconds. Right. America, we're going to do more on this. On <sighs> it's like an <laughs> octopus that's going to take everything you own. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Just because you went to cars.gov. Yes. Oh, my gosh. People. If you have emailed that to me, I will likely not ever allow you to send me an email again. It's ridiculous. <laughs> All right. So anyway, here you go. Here's the truth. By the way, Snopes.com, S-N-O-P-E-S.com, slash computer, slash internet, slash clunkers.asp. I was CC'd along with several other people in the email. This is some of the other thing. It, number one, an, a political debate over Obama and socialism continued on as people continued to hit reply to all. And it was awful. And of course, I was, and let me tell you, the most difficult thing for me is to avoid actually hitting the reply to all feature on there and saying, will you all please stop hitting reply to all? It makes me sick. And yeah, of course, I've, by doing that, I'm doing exactly what I'm what makes right. me sick. So no yeah. way I'm not doing that. So instead, I just went in. I created the filter. Uh, number two, the 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 emails had a link to had a link to the video, which was just a YouTube video, which, by the way, just just let the link be YouTube.com slash whatever. But you know yes. what? Instead, it was HTT uh, colon slash slash BIT dot LY slash and then a three digit character. Why would you use a URL shortener to send me an email forward? Duh. You know, click on this video. You must see this video. Sounds like a spam attack to me. You know what I'm saying? And that, my friends, you need to stay off of it. You know, just de delete the email and avoid the desire to go see what the video is. Now, knowing who it came from, I do know that the person actually did watch the video and, and really felt passionate about seeing us all read it. But you know what? Totally wrong. The person didn't check their facts before forwarding it. Two things that I always look for, I go to either Snopes.com, S-N-O-P-E-S.com, or I go to TruthOrFiction.com. And if you go to um, that that link for Snopes, and by the way, we were not going to go into it here, but here here's the, sh the short story of it. Um, that you are that URL that they clicked on there was for dealers, which typically are only going, you know, the only people who are going to have access to that site 
uh, are going to be people who are dealers who are using computers that are owned by the government and are usually in a government facility. Okay, and and you can read the rest that's of it. That's what struck me as I was thinking about it and heard the dialogue. I thought that's what the scenario is going to be. So anyway. And by the way, Marcus carries in their chat room. He says, truth or fiction is better. Snopes has a proven record of a bias. So I, you know what, it's, as far as I'm concerned, I just like to go and find out, you know, if I, I, I ch- usually check both to see what they're saying. And, uh, you know, as long as I can just suss out real quickly, is this true or is it false? You know, is this, you know, you know, are they shutting off the electricity for the entire United States for the next three months to do whatever? I mean, come on, seriously. But folks, number one, if you're going to forward emails, check your facts first. And number two, if you're going to send forwards anyway, take me off your list. (laughs) That's all I ask, please. Ah, anyway. So, and I completely agree. Yeah. Uh, looks like we have a call. Let me uh, let me pause this here for a second and see if we can uh, monitor the call here. And we're back. All right. So, folks, uh, for those of you listening to the podcast, it actually ended up being a phone call coming in from my website. Some questions about equipment for podcasting. So anyway, so so, yeah, so we're both on the same page on that one, I think. And I think a lot of people uh, are on board with that. Right. Yeah. But, you know, there are some people I know that they they actually love that, you know, and, and for those people, there is stumble upon, you know. <laughs> we somebody somebody sent me a chat message uh several days remember last thursday we kind of talked about stumble upon for just right. briefly a second i said you're gonna hate us if you don't use stumble upon now uh then you're gonna be mad at me for even mentioning the the phrase stumble upon and uh sure enough all day in the chat room it's like i can't believe you i'm so mad at you for telling me about stumble upon i've wasted three hours of my life today Ah, uh, anyway, it wasn't, I don't think it was that bad. That's a little exaggeration. Uh, Eric, would you do me a favor? Will you read the email we got from Stephanie? And we'll kind sure. of uh, see how much more we can fit into this show. All right. Uh, Cliff and Eric, I had some feedback about the second episode. Didn't get it in until the episode came out. Here it is anyway. I wanted to share my experiences, both positive and negative, about using hashtags. All the attendees at the Catholic New Media Celebration were encouraged to use a hashtag of pound CNMC09 with all their updates so we could follow each other's updates and the viewers at home could follow along. It's a great tool to use during the weekend. Not only could we find other people that had been following in person, we could find new people and read about their thoughts and activities on the weekend. It was so neat to be able to follow the actions of everybody's activities by using this hashtag. I used the hashtag also, but I couldn't be part of the search because at the time my updates were protected. Uh, One example of the power of Twitter that weekend was in one of the breakout sessions. The speaker talked about a group that had just started and shared their bumper sticker design. One of the attendees posted about the group on Twitter, and within minutes it had been retweeted seven or eight more times, further spreading the word about it. Hashtags can be a wonderful thing when your tweets are automatically sent to Facebook as mine are. A hashtag in a tweet can help those who see it on Facebook to understand what you're posting about. If you are tweeting during a TV show, for instance, those on thoughts on wait, those on Facebook might better understand if you use a hashtag. I heard from a friend on Facebook that she was having trouble understanding my updates, which is one reason I started using hashtags more. It is very easy to abuse hashtags as well. 
This comp this summer, the company Moonfruit was giving away MacBook Pros for their anniversary, and the more you used the Moonfruit hashtag, the more chances you had. I and many others got a bit too carried away with this. It's just one of the many other types of contests. Those are my thoughts on hashtags. I really enjoy the show. Keep up the good work. Stephanie, a.k.a. Angel Steph. Stephanie, thank you so much for your feedback, and thank you for the excellent uh, example of how you found hashtags extremely useful. And yes, they can be abused, and uh, for example, you know, again, if you go to gspn.tv slash P-A-B-L, which I encourage everybody do, uh, it is very possible for other people just to hop on board and, and just use hashtag P-A-B-L and, and flood that and stuff. But the good news, though, is that it's very easy for us individually to say, you know, hey, this person's using a hashtag that's showing up uh, in my results. And, and by the way, I want to go in and block that person. And so you can block that person and their tweets will no longer show up uh, as you're logged in and doing a search. So anyway. Yeah. And I have a little bit of a tie-in. The conference that I went to, the Echo Church Media Conference, um, we used Pound Echo 09. And it was the strangest experience for me to be sitting in a keynote speech, uh, for example, by Phil Vischer, the creator of VeggieTales, and uh, to have all these people with laptops and iPhones and everything open and to just keep seeing the stream of tweets keep going from this group in this room. But it was great because you'd get to see a little picture of who the person was uh, and then see them in passing and say, hey, I saw your tweet or something like that. It really was a great connection tool um, for that. But also... We they used a uh, a tool called Paratweet, p a r a tweet dot com, and they would you could tweet your questions to the keynote speaker, and then at the end they would go over those questions about five six of them, and the audience would get to actually ask the questions to the speaker right then and there, and it was a great experience. I had actually a question of mine come up on on one of the speakers, and it was it was really cool. I like that. That is totally awesome. So kind of like live chat room stuff in these podcasts, but in a live, you know, auditorium setting. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, we do have uh, one more voice message. And now I have not previewed this, but I know who it's coming from. It's Wayne Henderson. And knowing that it's coming from Wayne, I'm sure it's going to be spot on. So let's see what Wayne has to say. Hi, Cliff. Hi, Eric. Wayne Henderson here in California calling for the SMS podcast. Enjoyed the most recent episode. Great work, guys. And you touched on Firefox and plugins. Now, I do use Firefox most of the time, but I haven't used any plugins yet. I haven't made the jump to plugins. Is there a, a limit? Is there a good number of plugins? Do they add little logos across your uh, bar on your uh, Firefox browser? Would it be too much to have six plugins? And I guess my main question is, what are the plugins that you really recommend that we use? I know, uh, Cliff, when I paid for some consulting from you uh, late last year, you mentioned one that kind of helps you with uh, the colors and things when you're doing like web design upgrades and things in WordPress. I believe that's what you mentioned it did, but I forget what you said the name was. If that rings a bell, let me know. And also what other plugins, because I think I'm ready to make that jump. And just one other quick thing, kind of on a side topic, um, I recently finally signed up to FriendFeed uh, because Twitter's been down a lot. I'm wondering if I needed a backup place where I could, you know, import all my contacts and kind of have a new timeline. 
I'm just now getting the feel for the whole friend feed thing. Uh, but then Ryan Azawa in Hawaii told me that Facebook just acquired FriendFeed, and I didn't even know that. So who knows what I'm doing in social media? It's one of those mysteries. Thanks, guys, for the podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Wayne, thank you so much. Eric, have you heard about that? I didn't know that Facebook acquired FriendFeed. They did. Uh, and there was a rumor that the new Facebook Lite thing that came out or was coming out was repurposed FriendFeed or something like that. But really, it's just... Facebook Lite is, a, which is again something else that we didn't talk about yet, but uh, it, it's a version of Facebook for low speed internet connections in other countries. They're testing it right now in India. Okay. So, but yeah, Facebook bought FriendFeed. That um, is crazy. Now, now if you want, if you've ever wondered if the, if Facebook is personally trying to compete with Twitter, there you go. Yes. I mean, it, there's that's why else would you buy FriendFeed if not to compete with Twitter? Yeah. Um and I I never really did much. I never did anything with FriendFeed. Mm-hmm. Um it just didn't interest me if I already had Facebook, but uh you know, it, yeah, it's definitely acquiring. I mean, it's it's along the lines of, you know, Google acquiring a Twitter or things like that. Yeah. Um Yeah, they they purchased them um FriendFeed was founded in 2007 by four former Google employees, which is interesting. Um, it, sa- it says both companies' overlapping features, they will share ideas on how to, you know, share per- personal information with friends, and that spurred the merger. So Excellent. Well, I, yeah. I'll tell you, um, my my thoughts on FriendFeed, and then, Wayne, we'll get to your actual question about add-ons uh, or AKA plugins for Firefox. But the my feeling on FriendFeed, it, it has some functionality that Twitter and Facebook does not in that, you know, with the original idea is that, you know, everybody's got all these RSS feeds. In fact, Twitter, my Twitter updates are available in an RSS feed. Uh, a lot of my face uh, my Facebook updates are available in a in an RSS feed. A lot of my friends have blogs and stuff like that. And one of the neat thing about FriendFeed is it was a place where you could create an account, and even if that person didn't have an account on FriendFeed, you could actually create an account and and put down all of that person's uh, RSS feeds that are available publicly, and then you can actually follow that. Uh, so it's it's kind of like creating a Twitter feed, a Twitter ID, and then all of a sudden and saying, hey, take this information, take this information, take this information, put it all together, and I want to follow all of those different things. So it's a it's like Google Reader on steroids uh, with a couple other options and features and functionality built in. Um, to be honest with you, I, I despise the layout of FriendFeed. I don't like it. Um, uh, it's, it, you know, I have an account there and a lot of people interact, uh, you know, are interacting with FriendFeed. I know Leo Laporte likes it cause he doesn't like Twitter because of the name twit, um, and stuff, <laughs> you know, all kinds of other stuff, but no, I, you know, FriendFeed is, is, is decent, but, uh, to be honest with you, I never, log into friend feed occasionally somebody will leave me a comment on a status update that i send out to twitter which does go to friend feed and in that instance then i get then very luckily i get an email from friend feed saying hey so and so left you a comment and this is what it says and then i can go and log in and and i can comment back if i choose to do so uh, the only thing is is i wish plurk would have that i'd love to get you know i don't ever sign into plurk anymore uh, just because I just don't have time, 
but uh, I would love to get an email from Plurk anytime somebody uh, leaves a comment on one of my Plurks, and I would do the same thing. I would log into Plurk just to read that comment and respond to it. Uh, and if that's ever changed, or if it ever does change, and somebody out there in the Plurk community knows this, please email me. Let me know. Give us a call. Let us know. I will go in and set that setting up. To uh, Wayne's question about uh, Firefox plugins and add-ons, um, it, it definitely, you know, somebody said, you know, you can make a whole entire episode devoted to plugins. I don't think we would here for the social media serenity uh, thing because, in fact, one of the things he says, you know, what's one of those plugins, the color thing? Uh, I, I will tell you it is Colorzilla, C-O-L-O, well, color, and then Z-I-L-L-A. And uh, it, it does help me to go in, just put a little mag, uh, little eyedropper and find the color of anything that's on my screen. Um, then, of course, there are some other ones that I use, and very few of them are actually social media related. Um, I know, Eric, you mentioned one that you're using, a couple that you're using that are social media related. But yeah. let me just tell you the ones that I think are the most awesome plugins and that may have some kind of tie-in to social media. One would be bookmarks, uh, because if, if, if you do bookmark a lot of things and you go to another browser and you want to be able to go to those places that you like to go to on the web and things that you've been researching, um, if you use, it's called Xmarks, and this allows you to install this plugin and you can, you can actually install it on another browser. In fact, it actually now works with Internet Explorer, Firefox, and um, Safari. And so basically your bookmarks are the same on all your browsers and it will sync them. You add a new bookmark and lo and behold, it shows up on all your other computers with that loaded up. Now, I've been out in the places where um, I'm out at a, a Internet cafe or something like that. And in essence, what happens is I can log into my Xmarks account and there's a web version of my bookmarks that I can pull up from uh, f- remotely, which is kind of cool. Um, the other one I use is Fireshot. Well, just the words fire and shot together. And Fireshot is great, and it's only available for the PC, but it allows me to t- grab screen grabs and upload them, and then I can share those images somewhere else, like in a forum. Uh, and then uh, the only other one that... Uh, well, actually, those are the only ones I use that are social media related. Some other things that I'll use, and I'll just say the names of them. I do have the PayPal plugin. And I use that because uh, my PayPal account, I have a debit card with them. And it, it allows me to generate random uh, pay, uh, debit card numbers that are only used once. So they're disposable numbers. So if I'm going to a website to buy something with my PayPal debit card, I give them a number. And if they decide they want to try to take that number and use it somewhere else, it will never work. So that's the PayPal, PayPal plug-in. I use um, Firebug, which helps me to investigate how code is written on a site, uh, custom download manager, uh, and I also use Adblock Plus. And I really sometimes feel bad about using Adblock Plus because I am not opposed to advertising, but there are some sites, unfortunately, you know, you got to get rid of the half-naked girls on your site or else I'm going to block your ads. That's all there is to it. (laughs) So... And, and Eric, are there any kind of social media plugins or add-ons that you're using for Firefox? Yeah, well, I was going to say Adblock Plus is my top one that I usually put in just for the sake of having that. But uh, I use Evernote Web Clipper. Uh-huh. Uh, I use the Google Preview, which gives a little thumbnail of the website 
next to the Google search results so you can kind of see visually what you're going for. Um, and again, the Grease Monkey user script that adds in the Goog- the Twitter real-time search results into my Google search. Yeah, I definitely want to look into that. Well, anyway, we covered a whole lot more than I thought we were going to be able to cover today. We did good. We did good. So, Eric, um, where can they find you on Twitter, by the way? Twitter.com slash Eric J. Fisher. That's Eric with a K. The letter J. F-I-S-H-E-R. I always like to say that. <laughs> anyway, and I'm Twitter.com slash GSPN. I'm also Facebook.com slash Cliff Ravenscraft. And you're Facebook.com slash what? Eric J. Fisher. And by the way, if somebody wanted to get their own username on Facebook and you haven't done that yet, put this in the show notes, Eric. Facebook.com slash username. And you can actually set your username. And if you have a fan page, you can actually set the name of that as well. If you have a minimum of 100 fans. Uh, and by the way, if you want to become a fan of the GSPN community, it is Facebook.com slash GSPN community. And uh, I think that's about it. Uh, this is a plus member only episode for those of you out there who are plus members listening to this in the podcast feeds. We want to say thank you so much. Uh, you're not alone. We just added eight new plus members in the last uh, 10 days, which is totally awesome. And so make sure that if you uh, have not seen the list in the forum of who those new people are, uh, that, that check it out sometime or email me and ask me where that list is and how can you see it so that you can maybe uh, introduce yourself to those people if you see them around. That'd be totally awesome. And of course, I also want to let you know, of course, for the Plus members, you're already Plus members, but we do have a special thing going on with Plus membership and that is that... Uh, Plus member number 300 is going to receive a $30 gift certificate to iTunes. And uh, then, of course, after that, we have decided until further notice, uh, which could be a very long time, uh, every five new Plus members that are added, once that fifth person is added, we're going to select one of those people, one of those five people at random to also receive a uh, $30 gift certificate to iTunes. And, of course, that means there's a one in five chance. Now, why would I actually even say that in a plus member only episode? Well, number one, there's 22 people in the chat room and 36 people watching live. So it's for their benefit. But also, uh, we do sometimes have some of you who are plus members who actually want to sponsor a plus member uh, plus membership for somebody else out there who is maybe, you know, struggling financially due to the economy or what have you. And uh, your your sponsorship of another plus member would be eligible for that one in five chance. Anyway, Eric, thank you so much. I look forward to talking to you again next week when we get all geeky with this social media stuff, man. All right. We'll talk to you later. God bless everybody. Until next time, join the community. Join the community.